Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies and I am so fucking excited because my buddy Nick is here and Nick I just want to start this out by saying this might be the first time and I think it is the first time we've ever done a good movie together on Ian Hates Movies. (laughs) Please, please tell me how you're feeling. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good, Ian. Yeah, uh, glad this is, you know, we'll we'll debate on a good movie, you know. <laughs> Let's not jump into it too early, but uh, definitely the first movie we've seen together that wasn't four hours long. Holy fuck, man. Oh, I was thinking about that. This movie was at least the right length. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and you know how we both love the right length. I mean, we're all oh, about yeah. it, so that, that totally <laughs> makes sense. What was it, like an hour and 36, maybe? An hour and 32, somewhere around there? Yeah, cutting out credits somewhere in there. Yeah, and normally I do, to be completely honest. And what's nice about a movie from the fucking 1980s is that you don't have to wait till the end for some dumb cutscene. Oh, oh, yes. So nice. <laughs> it's so nice. I so, like that movies that just end. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, it's been so long. An actual storyline <laughs> went through, and we don't have to wait for anything else, and we don't have to speculate. And it's just like, wow, that is a condensed movie that leaves it open for a sequel. But even if there wasn't one, I would be completely fine. Yeah. But, I mean, what can you what can you do? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know people, if you're listening, you read the title. We are doing A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 colon dream warriors and i must say once again nick and i don't think i've ever mentioned this to you but i gotta tell you i'm a fan of the colon really i am a fan i'm a huge fan of the colon especially when it tells you what movie number first and then a title a subtitle i guess yeah yeah i could get behind that occasionally well I'll, i'll tell you like think about it this way we'll we'll be very even though we're doing an old movie Let's be a little bit time-specific here or time-adjacent to where we are right now. The new Venom movie came out. It's not called Uh. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. It's just called Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So you really don't know which one is the first one and which one is the second one. So I like it when a title actually tells you, oh, we're not trying to trick you to watch this this is the third one if you want to go back and watch the first two that's totally up to you but then also dream warriors yeah yeah i love yeah it. you're right uh, i forgot about the new venom one completely nixing it because yeah <laughs> that did piss me off when i found out yeah and then also by the way we don't have to talk about it but wow those reviews for venom hey <laughs> yeah you're not talking me into that one though no <laughs> no I, I need a breather <laughs> i will tell you it's one of those things where i think movies are kind of making a mistake here if they had released that on on demand or whatever streaming service they wanted to and you had to pay 20 bucks for it if they had done that the night of i would have paid the 20 bucks yeah i, I might have done 15 but it would have had to have been rated r wait is it not rated r it's PG thirteen. I'm pretty sure. Fuck. I'm gonna have to Google it right now. All right, then I'm I'm with you. Then I don't want to watch it either. It's a Carnage movie and a Venom movie. Yes, two and of it's by the way, PG thirteen. Two of my favorite characters. Oh yeah. Two of my absolute like I'm looking at statues in my room right now of each of them. Like I am a huge mark for them, and they can't even get me to leave my condo to go oh, to the God. movie theater. <laughs> PG-13. All right, I'm done. 
I'm done. Wait, wait, wait. Only an hour and 40 minutes long, though. Oh, so only an hour and 40 of complete fucking dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> In and out, basically. Oh, that's also the way we like it. That's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Well, look, let's stop talking about shitty movies. We have. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. I, I can't believe, honestly, with how long that I've done this show that I never talked about this movie I am legitimately excited. I have been having a shitty fucking life right now. So being able to talk about an amazing movie like this is just getting me so amped. I'm so complete. I don't know if anyone's heard me like this in a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go through the most recent movies we've watched. And I, I understand now. I feel like there's a definite trend downwards. Yeah, it's all Zack Snyder movies in DC. <laughs> it's all oh, garbage. God. So I don't it, know if it was a chicken or the egg. Like you were just sad as shit. So you started like subjecting yourself to these. Or I if, think so. I do know. like torturing myself. It's a very, I mean, every therapist alive would say that is the way to go for sure. Like yeah. I know I'm following doctor's orders. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's the way to get personal growth. It is. But I, I will tell you, like with the way my life is going, I would easily, easily give this life up to be in a fantasy realm where a fucking child rapist murderer had the chance to kill you in your dreams. That's actually an oh. upgrade to how my life is going right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want anyone to be sad because I truly enjoy movies like this. This is honestly one of my favorite realms of theater. I, I love it so much. Yeah. But now it's a classic. I, yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Now, I know you told me in preparation for this that you were going to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, Freddy's Revenge, and then also 3 Dream Warriors. Did you get a chance to do that? Uh, I watched 1 30 minutes of 2 <laughs> and 3. That's about right. That's a, to be quite I, honest. Uh, <laughs> I I hadn't seen that since I was like 12 years old. And right. then I remembered why. Yes. <laughs> now, by the way, I want to get into this a little bit. Have you made, I don't, I know you're not a huge horror movie fan, but you are a fan of one. Have you seen all the rest of them? No. Uh, I think I went one, two, three. Um, the, what is that? The 2010 one I saw. Oh, yeah. Freddy yeah. versus Jason I yep, saw. Sure, of course. You have to. And I, th I have a vague memory of watching New Nightmare. Ah, okay. All right. That's Well, do you want me to do, would you like me to rank them right now? Or should we wait till we're done talking about this movie? I I'd like to hear the ranking going into it. I I'm kind of intrigued. You piqued my interest. I think that'd be kind of fun because I know yeah. we don't get to do this that often. So I know the horror movie nerds out there will enjoy this. So, okay, let's do it this way. We'll do worst to best. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Okay. So, a worst is what we just talked about. It is number two, Freddy's Revenge. It is so incredibly awful that if this wasn't made in the 90s, or sorry, the, the late 80s, I don't think that we would have gotten a third sequel, fourth sequel, all that kind of stuff. I think it was so bad, it should have ruined the franchise. <laughs> so, it makes complete sense that you only watch 30 minutes of it, so fuck that one. The next yeah. one is the remake or the reboot. The one from 2010, A Nightmare on Elm Street, that shares the same name. Now, I will say that one had some promise. Yeah. But they actually, in the movie, 
made you try or tried to make you feel bad for Freddie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, he's a child rapist and a child murderer. There is no way that you can change. You can't retcon his background. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You just can't do it. So that one was very bad, but I like some of the actors in it. So I wish they could have made it better, but they also took the humor away. There was literally, there were only like pedophile jokes and it didn't make any sense. Like, was I supposed to laugh at that? He was talking about how cute she used to look. Like, it's a very (laughs) weird, I don't know what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. All right, then we got the last one, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. That's not even worth talking about. They went into, once again, they were trying to make you feel bad for Freddy. They talk about how, like, they went back in the day to when his uh, stepfather or father used to beat him and how he was made fun of. And it's just like, fuck, fuck all that. None of that matters. <laughs> uh, the next one was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. The Dream Child, that was 1989. Then you go A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, 1988. Now, we will mention a little bit about that at the end of the episode because I do want to talk about the continued story after we talk about 3. Then, though, I'm switching it up. I'm going Freddy versus Jason on this one. Really? Yes. And now let me tell you why. Uh For me, Freddy versus Jason was not a good movie. It was very slasher type-esque movie and it was a lot of dumb characters that you didn't care about all the generic tropes of a horror movie and blah 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 but the concept in the movie was good having everyone forget about freddy krueger have him not have his powers because no one knows who he is no one remembers him and then having basically freddy use jason to scare everyone into thinking that that's Freddy Krueger, gives Freddy the power, and then there's a whole jealousy thing between the two monsters. Like, that's not a bad concept. It just wasn't done properly. Yeah. So, I give that I give that to Freddy versus Jason. Then, we have Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is fucking awesome, and we might want to do a show on that, to be quite honest, because there's a lot to get into with Wes Craven, and this was kind of a prototype to Scream, which a lot of people have talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the next one. So now we've got our top two here, and I I I go back and forth on this one. I have Dream Warriors as my number two, and Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, is number one as the best. But I can honestly go back and forth between the first one and this one because if I'm looking for something a little bit more fun, I'm gonna go Dream Warriors all the time. Yeah. But if I'm looking for the original. Then I'm going to go, you know, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Yeah, I buy that. That's yeah. that's what I do. I, I make lists and then I read them. <laughs> and I talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, I guess it's only fair if I uh, if I give my backstory into this. You know, Please. I'm not the. Uh, I love a good horror movie, the old the old style, as much as anybody else. I was born on the Hellraiser series, so that'll always be, oh. you know, kind of my cup of tea that instills my bias. So, dude, we might have to do that sometime, because I just watched Hellraiser 2. Oh, my favorite one. Is that your favorite? Holy shit. All right, we, all right, yeah. we should as save this. As much as I love the first one. Oh, it's a classic, in my opinion. All right, we might have to talk about this sometime. All right, go ahead. Yeah, but for me, I think it goes Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Definitely my favorite. Uh, New Nightmare, probably my second. And then Dream Warrior is my third. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's not bad, man. And really, 
they're the other ones they don't really have that much substance to them there's the lore could have been like legitimately you could have done one into three Mm -hmm. and maybe done new nightmare and called that a trilogy and been done and that would have been an awesome horror movie trilogy yeah so i i'm with you because all of them too would have had nancy in them Oh, so you would have you would have been able just to tie that all together, and I think it would have worked out perfectly. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. So all right, let's let's do this then. Let's do this. Let's let's start talking about this movie because I am super excited, and we (laughs) we will talk about the three people that have reoccurring roles. So basically, you know, Freddy's Revenge Part Two had nothing to do with the storyline except that Freddy was a part of it. That that was really it. There's there's it didn't make any sense. He was using what's his fucking name's body. I don't even remember the dude's name. Yeah. Using his body, he was possessing him. So there wasn't anything to do with really the dreams. Also, the the guy wasn't connected with the Elm Street children, so that also didn't make a whole lot of sense. But in number three, they bring things back to basically the original story. You've now got these children that are in this uh, mental hospital. And I get, well, we should probably start with the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. Patricia Arquette stars in this movie. So, you know, a relatively big name actress, right? That's that's something. Oh, yeah. So you've got Patricia Arquette. And I think she has a great horror movie scream. I think she could definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely be a good scream queen. Now, what (laughs) I don't know if you mentioned this, but so the first part is she's making a paper mache house of Nancy's old house, which is what ends up getting burnt down and all this kind of stuff in the future. Yep. But, and then she gets, she falls asleep. She gets transferred into the house and she goes, you know, towards the stairs and there's this little girl there. And the little girl asks her what her name is. Did you notice that she did not say her correct name? No. <laughs> she called herself Kirsten, not Kristen. Oh. And it's so weird. I had to keep rewinding it multiple times to hear it, but she definitely does not say Kristen. She says Kirsten. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's very, very weird. But (laughs) I think she does a good job overall. We'll talk about some flubs a little bit later on, too. But basically, this is your intro back into Freddy. You know, he's back in the dreams and everything. You know, she gets attacked in the dream. She wakes up or she thinks she wakes up and she goes to a mirror And then the faucets turn into his hands and he cuts her wrist open. Her mother, her, her drunk whore mother. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. That was going to be my first comment. Blonde drunk whore mother. Yeah, I think at the beginning. So Patricia Arquette, and let's call her Kristen from now on. So Kristen is is making the paper mache. It's past 1 a.m. Her mom comes home. Obviously, I guess divorced from the father. And. She's got a, a man friend mm-hmm. who is home, but you don't see him and he's looking for the bourbon. So she's like, hey, stop cock blocking me. I got to get back <laughs> to my date. <laughs> I'm, yeah. looking, I'm looking to make you another uh, a father here. Uh, so yeah. she that's when she puts her to sleep. And then what ends up happening is when she gets her wrist slit, the mother thinks she's crying out for attention and takes her to the mental ward. Yep. I thought that was a little extreme, don't, didn't you? Yeah, and they uh, and they say like immediately after the emergency room, which kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, yeah. That kind of seemed rushed along, but eh. 
I mean, it, it, I guess it ends up working out for her kind of, uh, but yeah. not, not too much. But then we get into Weston, the, the health facility or whatever, and you end up hearing about Weston later on in the future, which is nice as well. But excuse me, sorry, one second, I gotta take a drink here. Yeah, no problem. So they get to the mental ward. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you meet Dr. Neil Goldman pretty much right away, right? Yeah, Neil Goldman and oh, I forgot the other doctor's name. They're talking uh, in the hallway. Sims. Sims, right? There we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Elizabeth yeah. Sims. Yeah. I know this stuff. I got this. I got this shit. <laughs> but and I want to say, because we don't have to go scene for scene on this, but what I want to say about them is I like that they're they seem like real people. Yeah. I really liked the entire staff a lot because you only meet really technically four people. You know, there's a fifth one, but you don't ever know her name and she's only in for a second. But uh, Neil and Sims are legitimately looking out for their patients. So there's no shadiness. There's no nothing behind the scenes. They legitimately want the kids to do well. Max is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, yeah. And he seems like a super nice, like compassionate guy who really cares about the kids. And then you've got Lorenzo. And Lorenzo, you only see like two scenes with him. A millisecond of. Yeah, he's he's really nothing. And even with him, it's not like he's molesting anyone. He's not. He is doing one shady thing with drugs. But you only see that for a second. And that's it. So I'm pretty impressed. They added some realism to the situation and just didn't go full craziness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so once Patricia Arquette comes in, once Kristen comes in, she's obviously freaking out. She doesn't want to uh, get sedated because we all know with Freddy Krueger and stuff, when you're sedated or put to sleep, you're even in a worse situation because you don't have a chance to wake up. And she she's fully aware of this now. And then as soon as she starts singing the Freddy Krueger song, which we all know, Nancy shows up out of nowhere. She went to grad school. She's the final girl that made it through, you know, part one. And now she's back to help more kids. Beautiful. Yeah, it works out pretty well. Now, is there anything you wanted to go over about this intro or the next setup part? Yeah, um, I thought the original scene, the original Freddy scene where he's, uh, he's chasing down the hallways of the of the house super amazing introduction to the character like if you just cut out number two mm-hmm. jumped right from number one i think like it just picks up exactly where you'd expect it to it sets up like the ominous tone it sets up the rhyme right and the practical effects of the original chase always blow me away yes yes it was good the i mean obviously when she's you know she's got the girl she thinks she's saving the girl but the whole time she's running away, you know it's a doll in her hands, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, whatever. Who cares? Like, I, I really enjoyed no CGI. Yeah. I thought that was fucking great. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the next time that Freddy goes in. But you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you brought that up. Just that whole introduction of him bringing you back to the dreams and understanding the power that he has in them. All that kind of stuff is done really 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 well and she's very lucky obviously that she was able to even get out of that situation otherwise she was a goner right away (laughs) yeah it would have been a short movie oh let me also mention 
I really love that scene when she's carrying the she's carrying the doll and she goes into the room and there are all the kids hanging. Oh yeah. That was so oh, fucking was so good. good. So good. I, I love shit like that. It's just yeah. and it was such a you know, she's there for what, ten seconds? But the <laughs> scene just looked so good. So yeah, I'm I'm with you with that. So then I, I think we get past that. We're now in the mental institution, and now they do the good job of trying to introduce you to the personalities of the different kids that are going to be in there. So do you want to run this down? Do you want to start this off, Nick? Uh, I'll try my best. I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm, no, uh, I'm no Ian expert. So obviously, first off, we have Kristen, which is not Kirsten. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's... You know, like she's she's the new recruit. She's got, you know, something going on. Obviously, you know, she was the first person we're introduced to. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have Neil. uh, What was this thing? He's a sleepwalker. Oh, no, sorry. That's not Neil. Philip. Philip's a sleepwalker. All right. So Philip's a sleepwalker. He seems like the cool dude out of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, They have Kincaid, who's, you know, like bashful and strong. That's right. They have Taryn, who's the uh, art girl. Yep. I don't yep. know if there's another way to say it. Uh, emo. Uh, emo. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, shops at Blick a lot. You know, weird kid. <laughs> uh, Will, who is bound to a wheelchair and seems like the nerdy one of the group. Sure. Joey, who is mute. Uh, yeah, just I guess he had a traumatic experience with Freddy where he barely talks anymore. Gotcha. You're You're doing well, man. I want you to keep going. I like this. Oh, geez. Do you remember the last couple? I actually, I think you got every, you got every one but one, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. I forgot what Neil is then. Oh, so Neil, Neil's the doctor. Neil's the doctor. Oh, with Na- yeah, she's with, uh, he's yep, with Nancy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But you forgot one more kid. Her name is Jennifer. She's the one that's all about going to be an actress. Oh, all right. All right. There you go. So you did a good job, man. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, so then you get the introduction of Nancy, which we mentioned, and then I believe they do, you know, they do the intros basically very similar to the way we did. And then you have the first group session, and the first group session has everyone in it. So it has Sims, it has Neil, and then all the kids. And basically they start talking about the issues that they're having, and Philip starts to bring up, you know, like, why are we even doing this unless we're going to talk truthfully? Mm -hmm. And Sims is like, well, there's no problem with you. You guys all, it's just drugs and sex. Yeah. Like that's you, you're having a mass hip, uh, mass hysteria, I think is what, because, you know, (laughs) Philip's like, we're all dreaming about the same guy and we've never met before ever. So how is that possible? And she's just like, it's gotta be all the drugs and sex you kids are having. (laughs) <laughs> That's just classic, absolute classic 80s. I mean, it, it's perfect, but it also brings up my favorite line of the movie. Do you remember what it is? <laughs> no, no. Enlighten me. <laughs> so after she mentions the sex stuff, it's Kincaid. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, the line is, oh, great. Now it's my dick that's killing me. <laughs> just come on come on round of applause it's, it's perfect it, it's just absolutely fucking perfect so you kind of wow i'm just like so like dry mouth tonight uh so you're talking about all of their kind of past you get an idea 
of what they're like. And then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you have the first real meeting, talk, you know, like get to know you thing between Neil and Nancy. Now, we all know the backstory of of Nancy, and she doesn't go into it here. She just kind of says, you know, oh, I, I have similar experiences to what these kids have. And then, she, you know, her purse falls and you see a bottle of Hypnosil. Now, Nick, you remember what Hypnosil is, right? Yeah, it's the anti-dream drug. Exactly. And it's used in multiple other, not only just Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but a few other movies throw that kind of, you know, Easter egg in as well. But it seems to be really the only thing that can prevent Freddy, in most cases, from, you know, getting you in your dreams. And now Neil is completely against it, you know, in a little bit when we when we talk about that. But I think this is also the first time he sees the older woman in the uh, the nun uh, get up, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I love the storytelling in this because he doesn't find everything out about her right away. But they they leave the clues that this is someone important. And it's going to have something to do with the story itself. Yeah. And they have this slight mystic angle where we're like she disappears in the crowd. Right. Right. So it kind of piques your interest. Big fan. Big fan of shit like that. that yeah. That, good that storytelling. Yeah, exactly. So then I think, if I'm not mistaken, we go to the first death, don't we? Uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. No. Um, isn't it the nightmare? Um, oh, oh is it? Is it the draw-in? Okay, all right. Is this yeah, the, the one I with Kristen? Kristen has okay. the nightmare that she draws Nancy into. Yes. Okay. So Kristen is back in the house again, and this time they do that awesome practical effect where uh, Freddy turns into a gigantic snake with a huge face. Oh, I and love it, that yeah, scene. It's oh. so fucking good. And he just starts eating her, like swallowing her whole, basically. And... Oh, yeah, that's right. Nancy goes to pick up personal belongings of Kristen's. Mm -hmm. So that's where she sees the house. That's And I think she picks up the paper mache house, takes it back to her place. And then later on, when Kristen sleeps, she dreams about this. And that's what ends up happening is then, yeah, then the snake's eating her. And then she calls out for Nancy. And it turns out that Kristen has the power to pull people into her dreams. Where yeah. where Nancy is able to pull people out, like she's able to pull Freddie out of uh, out of the dreams. Nan uh, sorry, uh, Kristen is able to pull people into it. So she pulls Nancy in. Nancy does her awesome fuck you, Freddie. Gets the one up on Freddie, and then they both wake up at the same time, and they're in the clear. Oh yeah, yeah, that works out pretty well. Oh. So then I think, if I'm not mistaken, Nancy talks to Kristen about that, right? Yep, but I just want to draw one last little uh, line in the uh, when she draws in Nancy. Mm -hmm. Like once again, the practical effects in that nightmare scene were absolutely insane. They had like the wall that you could tell they put, like put charges behind a fake wall, and yes. like as the snake moved, like parts of the wall were like moving out of the way and blowing up. And they did like the snake moving under the carpet effect, which was just yes. so cool. Immediately, like. I mean, we've, we're probably not even like 30 minutes into the movie at this point, And it's just so engrossing because the atmosphere that is developed is just so amazing. And I love that you mentioned that because obviously 
with the first one really being our favorites and probably most people's favorites. I mean, I still think even though it came out way before Rotten Tomatoes, it has a very high Rotten Tomatoes score and it's considered a classic for good reason. They really went in deep with using actually using the dreams as a as a dreamscape as I don't it's almost like another dimension where now other things can happen as well as our dimension. And they yeah. really captured the feeling of hopelessness in those, yeah. which is, I don't know, it's just done so fucking well. It, it really is. So I, I appreciate that you brought that up because that is something very, very important uh, that definitely that whole thing is just a living area that the movie makers do, like, do such a great job with. Crazy time. All right, take another drink. All right, you want to take over for a second? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Next, I think, is the first death. Yes, that's Philip. Right? Is that the sleepwalker's death, Philip? Yes, and by the way, one of my favorite death scenes. Oh, it was gnarly. Yeah, like they do like the classic, like you see the kids pairing off to go to sleep, and like they even have like a rotation system. Yes. I think. Yeah, Will Will and Joey do. Yeah. But no one else does. Yeah, but Kincaid and Philip don't. Right. So like... Philip starts having his nightmare and you know, it's, it's some like really crazy stuff that like was just uh, like really threw me out of it. It was kind of like genuinely gross and horrifying. Yeah. It was like all the tendons came out and Freddie through like through the roof was using him like a puppet to make him move to, you know, kill himself and walk off a ledge. Meanwhile, like all the kids are freaking out. They're trying to get attention. They're trying to like, you know, get him saved. But, Damn. And it was once again, we didn't mention it because we're not going to mention every single little piece. But when you're introduced to Philip, they do show that he likes to make puppets. So as soon as you see that, you're like, oh, so that's how he's going to die. But I did not expect it to be so grotesquely well done and so painful to watch as well. Like you feel so bad for the kid. And also Kincaid has the ability at that point he wakes up and he doesn't stop him because he's like oh that asshole's just sleepwalking again yeah but if it had been like a joey with a will situation they would have seen that he was in trouble and been able to wake him up yeah and it's just it's such a shame because you really you don't get to know this character that well but you just see his gruesome death and they mention later on when they're talking in group that you know, everyone else is saying, you know, Neil, all all the doctors think it's a suicide. Yeah. They're like, oh, he let us down. It's so bad. And all the kids are saying, no, we saw him. He was alive on the way down. We could tell he was in pain. He couldn't wake up. He couldn't do anything. This wasn't on him. But then when this happens, I believe that's the trigger point for Neil saying that he wants to try hypnosil. And Sims is like, no fucking way. I mean, that's an experimental drug. There's no way we're going to try that. And he's like, well, we have to do something for these kids. We just lost another one. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And you're right. Like you had been saying, like, it it makes them grounded. Like, obviously, they're still doctors. You know, they they have their code of ethics. They have their rules they have to follow. Yep. And Sims is just, you know, still being a good practitioner. It's like, hey, it's an un like it's an unknown drug we think these kids probably need sleep because you know they're they're in this crazy state of hysteria exactly right and you know in a modern movie nowadays 
it would have been that, you know, Sims is taking money from pharmaceutical companies and getting paid oh, yeah. under the table. Like there are just so many things that can ruin that type of thing. This was just subtle. They have enough to deal with. They don't have to deal with somebody else who has, you know, rotten ideas and, and you know, is just like a sleazy person. It's just a person that legitimately cares, but they have a different way of showing it than, you know, the quote unquote newer age doctors, however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Like they they didn't set her up as like a villain, you right. know, like yep. she was just grounded and she just opposed the main characters. Yeah, and that's subtle storytelling. That is so fucking <laughs> nice. Like, I just, I don't want to just shit on new movies, but I really am getting to this point where it's so rare for me nowadays to be engrossed in a film. And I find myself now going back to these older movies and just getting lost in the the practical, it's just, I don't know, just the the stuff that's, this is the most unrealistic movie, and yet it's more realistic than the things that we see on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I totally forgot because I keep bragging about the, the effects. When uh, the puppeteer, like uh, when Philip is like originally getting possessed by Freddy, like you see the claymation of one of the models he made oh, yeah. turn into Freddy, yes. which is just so good looking. Oh, oh yeah. Even having freddy's like silhouette above the clock tower area or whatever that tower wing is that was just cool and having him cut the strings which were his tendons i I, it's just all that stuff fucking worked oh yeah it was all fucking great so good so i think after that besides the hypnosil part Mm -hmm. i think that is the second time that neil runs into the nun or the sister and she introduces herself as sister, sister Mary Helen. Ooh. She tells the story because I think that's the wing that Philip jumped off of or was pushed off of technically. And she mentions, he's like, hey, this place has been closed for forever. And she talks about how that was the wing of the like extremely criminally insane. Yeah. And talks about a, a nurse who was there basically locked in and this was this was a terrifying story by the way she tells the story about how a nurse who had recently started there got locked in that wing over like a vacation like a holiday week a weekend or whatever and during that time the inmates there at the asylum like hid her away and raped her repeatedly like a hundred guys hundreds of times over this holiday weekend or whatever the fuck. And then they found her barely alive, but with child. Yeah. And you're like, motherfucker, they're talking, <laughs> they are talking about motherfucking Freddy Krueger there. Oh yeah. What a, what a great backstory. <laughs> just, just that backstory alone. I didn't need anything else. It's perfect. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. And then she does the whole disappearing thing again, which is oh, great. God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So after that, they talk about getting the hypnosil. Mm-hmm. I think, don't they have dinner, Nancy and Neil? Yeah. I think they have dinner, if I'm not mistaken. They get to know each other a little better. And I think she tells the story 
of a little bit of what she went through with yeah. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because that yeah, that's got to be the timeline because the next big event is getting everybody in the room for a group session. No, no, no. We're missing one thing. You're missing one death before that. I'm missing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jennifer. Yes. A person whose name I forgot, who I only remembered because I forgot twice in a row. But you got it, though. That's fucking great. Look at that. Yeah, completely forgot about her. Yeah. Oh, another great scene. She gets absorbed by the TV. Oh, Oh, it was so good because... She tells Max, look, I can't, you know, Max is being super cool because he understands the kids and he wants the best for them. And she can't go. She doesn't want to go to sleep after what happened to Philip. So she's like, hey, can I watch some more TV? You know how engrossed she is with, you know, wanting to be an actress and everything. So she obviously falls asleep. By the way, she burns herself with the cigarette, but on her wrist to try and keep yeah. herself awake, which I love. I'm a big fan of that. It just anytime someone's trying to stay awake and it's that brutal, it just it works really well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, though, it doesn't work out for her. Uh, and Freddie comes out of the TV and he grabs her. And one of my other favorite lines of the movie says, welcome to primetime, bitch. And oh, just, that one was good. Yeah. The arms oh, yeah. come out of the TV, picks her up, just shoves her face and her shoulders through the actual TV. And then she's just left hanging there. Oh. And that is just so fucking well done. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say there is there is one thing that I that I do get a little disappointed in this movie on. And it's probably because it is an hour and 36 minutes or whatever. I wish we got to, you know, we know something about these kids, but I really wanted to care more about them. Yeah. But. Yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I, I was completing that thought. We're pretty good. <laughs> I told you, man, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I haven't done a show in a little while, but I have like super dry mouth. Maybe it's because I'm super excited to talk about, <laughs> to talk about the show. So people just hear me like like that, like taking like huge gulps of beer and stuff to try and get this away. I, I apologize, <laughs> but I just love talking about this movie so much. I can't, I can't help it. So then after that death, we have another group session where I think they're talking about, you know, being picked off one by one, basically. And then yeah. they decide to have the secret group session. And that's without Sims. So it's Neil. It's It ends up being, I want to list them out. It's Neil, Joey, Taryn, Kristen, Kincaid, and Nancy. And they basically make it so that they go into the dream world altogether. And I was actually really surprised that Neil was able to go into the dream world as well. But I guess at that time, that's how powerful Kristen is, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Because he wasn't even, like he wasn't watching the pendulum. He was the one talking to everyone, getting them to fall asleep. (laughs) But then somehow he winds up in the dream world as well. So at first... They don't know they're in the dream world. Mm -hmm. And Joey sees the hot blonde nurse that he had seen. You know, you can tell if you want a personality thing for Joey, he he likes women. We'll go with that. So (laughs) Joey's like, there's a hot nurse like and she's beckoning to him. So, of course, you know, this is bad news for him. So he goes to her. Now, by the way, perfect 80s nudity. Yeah. Tasteful. Absolutely tasteful. A beautiful woman. 
It just it works out perfectly <laughs> until until uh, she morphs into Freddy, of course. And, you know, the kid Joey has Freddy's huge ass fucking tongue sticking out of his mouth. So that was a little bit uh, unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you have a lot of the the Freddy puns, you know, hey, Joey, what are you a little tongue tied? And then the oh, tongues yeah. wrap his arms and legs on the bed. Uh, now while that's happening concurrently you've got everyone now realizing that they're in the dream world and that's where they establish my favorite thing in this movie which is something that i remember thinking because i didn't see i know you mentioned when like how old you were when you saw these movies i probably didn't see any of the nightmare on elm streets till i was like I don't know, maybe like 16, 17. Mm. And then obviously I had to go back to to watch. No, there have been no Nightmare on Elm Streets that have come out except for the 2010 one that I was old enough to watch them technically, you know, however you want to say it. So mm-hmm. I I went back and I watched all these. And I remember it's something that I've said on this show along, you know, for many times that we do horror movies, I'm a big fan of anybody who fights back in a horror movie. And I remember seeing the first Nightmare on Elm Street and saying, why does Freddy have all the power? Why why is he able to do things but other people aren't? Because in your dreams, you're supposed to be able to do whatever the fuck you want, right? So why does he have all of that power? And this is where they establish that in the dream world, you have a special power of your own that you have to find. And then they go around the room and you find out like Taryn has the punk, you know, the fucking punk 80s mohawk and she's all dressed in leather and she's got... She's got knives. Yeah, man. Nice. Um, It's not switchblades. Or are they switchblades? I think they're switchblades. Yeah. Yeah. So she has two switchblades and then uh, Will, because he was playing, you know, D&D, Earlier on in the movie, he he's a wizard, so he can Ugh. use wizard powers. And then you don't know what Joey is, obviously, because he's out there. It turns out that Kristen is like an awesome gymnast. So she does like a fucking <laughs> backflip and, you know, jumps off the wall and shit. And then I think the last person is Kincaid, who isn't as impressive when he's showing off his, his super strength, I guess, because he just kind of bends a chair. But I'm pretty sure that I can do that. Yeah. And I don't have dream powers. Yeah. But it works. It works. It makes sense with his personality that he would have these dream powers. And I think we did skip one of the group sessions where Kincaid gets super pissed off and they put him in solitary. Yeah. But this is where now he's a little bit more open because before he was like, hey, man, Philip, you know, bit it. And that's because he was weak, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not, I'm going to outlast everybody. Like you're all going to die, but I'm fine. But then he starts to come around to being more of a helpful person. So everyone's got their dream power. Nancy and Neil don't do theirs, but Neil, it's good to see all of this actually happen so that later on in the movie, he's not like, oh, I don't believe this. Oh, I don't believe this. He's literally seeing this stuff as real. Yeah. So he's one of those adults that actually understand what the kids are going through. This is about the time now where Freddy's got Joey, but now everything starts to become 
hell, basically, or Freddy's boiler room, and the walls are all closing in on them, and it's too hot to get them out. And then if I'm not mistaken, it's Kristen who's able to get them all woken up, right? Or is it, no, no. Yeah, I think because Sims comes in or something. Yeah, so Sims actually wakes him up. Yeah, Sims wakes him up. And then Joey's still on the ground. And it turns out that Joey is now in a coma. Mm -hmm. And and once again, sticking with the realism of this, I'm guessing Sims brings in, you know, I don't know, the head of the board of directors or something for the mental institution. And the dude's like, what the fuck is going on here? We have two suicides, even though I don't know how they expected Jennifer's to be a suicide. But like, we have two suicides. (laughs) And now a kid in a coma. What the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out. Yeah. And he gets rid of Nancy and he gets rid of Neil because, you know, obviously she had said, Neil, if you prescribe this this medication to people, you know, this is experimental. You're going to go down for it if something happens. Now, by the way, I don't think any of them actually got to take the hypnosil. No. I don't think that it even came in for them to be able to do it. It was legitimately on the group session that was unauthorized that they decided to fire them both. But it makes sense. As much as you like these two people, I mean, what would you do if you looked in from the outside and saw what was happening? Yeah, no, it's it's a completely rational course of action. Right. Which makes it like a good conflict. Exactly. Exactly. And now they've got Joey, obviously, in the coma. And I think this is when they go over, I guess it was Nancy maybe was, was saying goodbye or, you know, we'll help you or yeah. something like that. And Yeah, Nancy's by his bedside. Yes. And you see, which is fucking great, and Freddie's done it in different movies as well, but he writes, he writes by scratching into Joey's chest. I think, it, isn't it come get him, bitch? Yep. By the way, not grammatically correct. <laughs> he did not use a comma before bitch, but you know, he's a bad boy. Yep. So uh, so I get it. So they get they get let go, they get their stuff, and you know, they have their moment of like, oh man, we still gotta help these kids. And then also Kristen goes crazy and is like, You're going to kill us. Nancy's the only one that can help us. What are you doing? She flips her shit and she gets sent to solitary and gets sedated. Oof. Yep. Which is obviously very scary. Now, at this time, Nancy and Neil don't want to give up. And they're like, look, Freddy's real. We got to do something. And I believe we left this part out for this part here. I believe it was Sister Mary Helen that told Neil that the um, unholy or the unclean or whatever it was needs that their bones need to be laid to rest on hollowed ground. So he goes to a church. This was a weird scene. I I don't know why they had this in there, but he he went to a church. He took holy water and then he got caught taking a cross and gave the priest who caught him his driver's license so that he could take the cross. And you know what? I'm honestly wondering why that wasn't an end scene. Where he came back and was like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. Like, I had to use that cross. Could I still get my driver's license back? (laughs) Here's here's 20 bucks. I I don't know. (laughs) I I think that was, I I just don't know. It's very 80s for that scene to even be a thing. From there, Nancy mentions that the she knows the one person 
that would know where Freddy's bones are laid. And it turns out it's her fucking dad from the first movie. And he has come back once again. His name is John Thompson, Nancy Thompson's father. And he is now no longer a lieutenant. He's like a security guard or something. Yeah. And he loves getting drunk. He he just really super enjoys it. And I think if, I don't know, I, I think I've said this on the show. Uh, maybe I said this in real life to people before, but I think the parents were way too hard on themselves because, like, would it have been better for a child rapist and a child murderer to have murdered you or had your parents stand up and say, well, fuck this piece of fucking garbage. I'm going to burn him alive and we'll take the chances that he won't become a dream murderer. Yeah. Like, I think the chances were better. <laughs> the chances were better on him not becoming a dream monster murderer uh, than how they actually turned out. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, those kids are now given the chance to fight back in their dreams instead of just being raped and murdered as children. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to say, I think the parents in A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think they get a bad rap. Yeah, I think they made the right call. Yeah, I think I'd be super proud of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> they just murdered somebody with fire. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it was a technicality. You know, uh, when, when it was a technicality that he got off scot free. They yeah. had. I. I. I still don't know how that. Maybe they should have gone into that. Maybe there should be a whole comic book series of how this obvious child rapist and murderer got let go. Whatever it was, but then those parents they took things into their own hands and they said, "I'm not letting this happen." I'm going to burn this guy alive. And that's what they did. And he fucking deserved it. Yeah. He deserved it. So, sorry. It's just the way it is. So, anyways. So, he's he's not taking that well. Apparently, Nancy uh, has not talked to him since the last time that she was on Elm Street at the end of the first movie. He doesn't want to help them because, obviously, he doesn't want to even think about the past in that way anymore. So... They go, they get a call. It was nice, nice 80s moment. Neil got a page from Taryn telling him that Kristen was being uh, sedated and solitary and that she wouldn't last much longer because she's defenseless against Freddy. So that's when he says, Nancy, go back and get the kids. I'm going to take care of this part. And he goes and he gets the drunk dad and he tells him, you're taking me to these fucking bones. And that's where you see that Neil has some fucking backbone. Oh, yeah. He wants to help those fucking kids and maybe get a little with Nancy. Yeah, you know, added bonus. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yeah, you know, little little co-worker relations always called for. Exactly, and they've just been let go, so there's no HR paperwork. Oh, yeah, you're right. No strings attached. Yeah, this is all fucking let's go 80s, go, go 80s, baby. Everything goes. Yeah, that's right. All right, Nick, you take over. Yeah, so they have the whole conversation like, oh, we got to, no, we have this split off between the dad and Neil who are going to go give the good Christian burial to the bones since the dad, you know, finally admitted, all right, I know where it is. Yep. And then on the other side of that, we have Nancy who's going to go tend to the kids and, you know, I don't know, try to revive Kristen somehow. Sure, exactly. And then, once again, talk about props and awesome set locations. Obviously, 
you know, Freddy's bones aren't just going to be in like a fucking locker. <laughs> yeah. You got to go somewhere fucking cool. So they go to an old school fucking junkyard and they have to weave in and out, you know, the cars that are stacked on each other, all that shit, the car, you know, the car graveyard, basically. And they get to the area with, I think it's an old Chevy, old Chevy Cadillac. And the bones are in the trunk of that car. So Neil gets them out and tells the dad, start fucking digging. Yeah. We got we got a burial to do. So while that's happening, uh, Nancy goes back to the mental hospital. And Max is like, I'm not letting you see Kristen. Like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, like, we all my kids are dying. Like, I am not letting you do anything. And she's like, well, can I at least say goodbye to the others? And I was surprised he did not follow her, you know, to make yeah. sure that there wasn't any more of a goodbye. But basically, she gets the rest of the kids and they go and do their last group session where they go. All of them transport into the dream world. They go to where Kristen is dreaming and they all meet up in this one area. And once again, we have fucking greatness. Because you've got all them in the same area. They all want to stick together, which is classic horror. Instead of going, oh, let's split up and blah, blah, blah. They go, we're staying together. Well, Freddy goes, fuck you, and splits them up, which was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And this is, uh, man, I, I hate to admit it here, Ian. This is, this is where it loses me a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, like I love... The initial scene yep. where we're in Kristen's dream where she just thinks that she dreamed the whole movie, basically. Like, we go yes. right back into, like, right before her first nightmare. <laughs> right. And it's, like, her mom being a slut and her mom, yep. like, calls down, like, oh, you know, whatever. And then you can hear Freddy and he kills the mom and, like, I forgot what snide comment he oh. makes. Well, he says, he goes, I said, where's the bourbon, bitch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where's the bourbon, out. bitch? And the mom says something about, oh, you got in the way, you cock blocked me, you're yep. in the way of me getting some or so something like so that. So perfect. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Like, that's exactly what the movie needed. They they have like a chase scene. Yep. But then she does all this random gymnastics bullshit but, to escape. But you knew that was her power, though. Yeah, but realistically, I understand. Like, this is a kid. This is, you know, a kid's imagination. This is what the kid would want their power sure. to be. Right. But this is also... I don't know. Maybe I've just been in this one part of American cinema for too long. <laughs> I'm sick of that random phase after the Olympics where every kid was doing fucking gymnastics and movies. Sure. Well, remember, I mean, this was 1987. Yeah. It, it makes sense that there would be someone, especially a girl at the time, that would want to do gymnastics. It does make sense. Plus, let's not forget, they didn't go as much as you'd like to say, Oh, well, my dream is I'd be indestructible or my dream would be I'd have machine guns for hands. You know, like yeah. <laughs> all they those didn't go full ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, her outwitting, you know, Freddie with some, you know, gymnastics. I don't know. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I, just, I didn't love it, but I understand why they did it. You know, and it definitely makes sense for the time. Like Ian's saying that was like the first one that kind of lost me, especially since like. Up until that point, absolutely, like, loved all the setup and everything. Right. And then what's next? Is it Taryn's yes, or is it Terrence, Will's? Yeah. It's Taryn's. Yeah. I guess she's, like, in the slums of New York City 
or whatever, whatever major city, if they're like filming in Toronto, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, in the back area and she's got her whole garb on her leather. She's looking all hot and sexy. And then she's walking. Now we, we kind of skipped over it, but Lorenzo at one point basically offers her medical heroin, you know, whatever that happened to be. I don't know if Oxycontin was back then or whatever, but whatever, whatever Vicodin, whatever the fuck they had back then, that would basically be the same high as heroin if, you know, she would have sex with him or and it seemed like they kind of had that kind of relationship a little bit, possibly. But she had said no to him before. So, you know, that her weakness is, you know, being a drug addict at some point in her life. So mm-hmm. it looks like what I what I once again like is that she did try and fight back against Freddie. I wish there was more, though. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I get it that. I guess this is the way I look at it. So Taryn was supposed to be strong enough that she's able to turn down this dude in a very controlled environment for awesome drugs. All she would have had to do was have sex. She has the upper hand on Freddy. It seems at least it it would be a fight between the two mm-hmm. of them. But then he makes his uh his knife his knife hand and his other hand into 10 syringes of you know whatever the fuck and she basically lets her guard down and it's like she has a weakness for the drugs but she didn't show that weakness for them back when she was offered them oh and also they have the cool practical effect of like the little mouths on her arms yeah, of where her injection site yeah where her track marks yeah are. yeah that was really fucking good and yeah and then obviously you know, he's like, let's get high, baby, or whatever, and just fucking kills her. But I, I did want more from that. I would have I would have yeah. liked more of the kids to have made it to the final area and then had maybe a couple of them die. But just because they were split up, it seems weird that they wouldn't be able to use more of their powers. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more fight. So, you know, Taryn's gone. And then right after Taryn, you go directly to Will. And Will can walk in his dreams but yet freddy's got this like death chair <laughs> that is definitely being pulled by a string that they, yeah. <laughs> they did not shoot well enough to show that there's no string so the death chair like rams by him and he gets cut on the side and then obviously you know freddy's making his great jokes he's like it's the chair for you kid um fantastic <laughs> yeah. fantastic and you know then he becomes a wizard but you know, he uses his power on Freddy, but Freddy just lures him in and then is like, I don't believe in that fucking shit and kills him. God, there should have been more to that. Yeah. There there should have been an actual power because technically he doesn't really believe in Freddy at that time either. Yeah. Because he's believing in himself so much, he can't believe that this person's actually going to be able to do anything. So it's, I don't know, it, you know, those logistical parts of the movies that don't necessarily make as much sense. But it is what it is. So, you know, the, now you've got two of them dead already. And you get Nancy and Kristen meet up together. And then they hear a rumbling. And it turns out to be Kincaid busting through the walls. He comes in. And then he starts yelling for Freddy. Because at this time, they think maybe their friends are still alive. So he's like, you're going to pick on a kid with a wheelchair. You know, come get some of this fucking shit. Yeah. And... 
I, I like that. And I believe my other favorite line was said at this time. I think he called Freddy a burnt face pussy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. All right. I, I did not get the reaction from you that I thought I was going to get. How did you not How did you not laugh uncontrollably when you heard that <laughs> It's all right. Oh, Nick, you let me down. You let me down. That's like classic 80s fucking awesomeness. I, I, I just love it so much. I love it. So now... After he calls out Freddy and then thinks he is a, you know, a burnt face pussy for not showing up, a door shows up out of nowhere. The three of them walk into the door. Now you're in Freddy's boiler room Mm -hmm. and you see Joey is still tied to the bed frame with the tongues, but it's basically overlooking like hell is beneath him. Yeah. Another thing I'm not sure if you noticed in this, but I've seen this movie so many times that I have to mention it. When they walk into the room and you so and they survey the area, Kristen once again does not say the correct thing because she does not shout out Joey. She shouts out like Tommy or something. You should go back and watch it. It's once again, I had to rewind oh. it multiple times. She absolutely does not say Freddie. She doesn't say <laughs> Joey. She says like Tommy or something ridiculous. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Tommy might have been from the second movie, possibly. So it was very funny. I I laughed at that. And then (laughs) Freddy comes out and, you know, they're like, let him go. And he's like, with, you know, your wish is my command or whatever the fuck. And he starts letting the tongues loose so that Joey's about to fall to hell or whatever. the hell. Yeah, whatever the representation of hell is. And, you know, uh, Kristen makes it down. She double stomps. Fucking Freddy in the chest. See, you you gotta you gotta enjoy that gymnastics, right? Yeah, that, that I understood a little bit more. I think it was like the solo jumping through windows and right. running up walls that that kind of <laughs> got me a little bit more. You don't you don't do that in real life? <laughs> I mean, if I could, honestly, I probably would. Maybe this is just you know my own jealousy yeah, see, coming to the surface a little bit. I just never get my security deposits back. That's that's my problem. <laughs> Oh, rental humor. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The uh, first the first foot's not the problem. It's the second one that always kicks through. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's just the rules of physics. I mean, that's just yeah. what it is. So uh, now, so they, they catch up and now Freddy's fighting, you know, Kincaid fights with him. But it doesn't last that long because Freddy just basically like catches him by the throat yeah. and, and lifts him up. And then... I believe it's Nancy who takes like a basically a rod, a spear almost. Yeah. And rams like a it through. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just like, oh, but then no, I'm a, I'm kidding. And like pulls it out. She mentions, I've never seen him that strong before. Oh, because yeah. obviously Nancy fought him and won the last time. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what the fuck is going on? And he rips off his <laughs> shirt. So sexy. Rips off his shirt like a like a classic sexy Hulk Hogan. And there is his in his burnt skin are all the faces of the souls that he's been taking. And I think that this is where they really establish that he is eating and sustaining his power from killing people, you know, in the dream world or in the real world, but mostly in the dream world. Yeah. And capturing their souls and using that for energy, which is like, oh, yeah, fucking sucks. Because, I mean, it sucks you have to die as a kid as it is. 
but now your soul is trapped within Freddy Krueger. Like, that fucking blows. Oh, yeah. But the practical effect was amazing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Those practical effects. Very like, so, Cronenberg. Oh, oh so very, good. Very Cronenberg. That's a good point. So that was a cool part to the mythology, to the lore of Freddy, because they use that later on in the series. So big fan, big fan of setting that whole thing up. But then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, oh, that's when they cut back to, yeah. you know, the two grownups and they're about to, you know, put the bones in the ground and he realizes it. So all of a sudden he leaves, lets Kincaid fall, the four of them, you know, they get Joey, they, they all get together. And then out in the real world, skeleton fucking Freddy yeah. Krueger rips shit <laughs> the fuck up. And you think, once again, I love when people fight back. And, you know, the father gets that that wind of, I kicked your fucking ass. I killed you before. I'm going to kill you again. And goes yeah. after him, but gets nothing. And Freddy just fucking yeah. slaps him aside, puts the knife. Now, by the way, his, his skeleton has... <laughs> oh i love that shit i love it so much (laughs) so kills the father throws the father you know over to the side and then neil is trying his best to fight back but he doesn't get much anywhere he gets knifed in the side of the of the chest basically in the rib area and then gets hit with the shovel a couple times thrown in the hole some dirt is thrown over him, and then you get the triumphant, <laughs> the triumphant Freddy putting his hands, his skeleton hands, in the air and going rah rah rah. <laughs> that was the amount of campy I liked. Yes, that was that was nice. Like it was, it was pure practical stop motion. It, yep. it was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. So Freddy thinks he's won. So he goes back into the dream world, and then now you've got all of them together walking down this hall of mirrors yeah and it's one of those cool ones where it's all like weird antique looking mirrors and shit and you know something's gonna happen so they're walking through and freddy starts to appear in all the mirrors and then starts grabbing them and trying to pull them through the mirrors into whatever realm he's going into and it's just cool to see his claw hand like around them but not damaging them but there's they're all still worried that at any moment he could just like scratch the fuck out of them you know and just slice them up um (laughs) so that's pretty cool but you see that joey is cowering you know in between some mirrors and then as each one of the three get pulled in to the mirrors joey screams and screams no and that's the first time you hear him say anything the entire movie and that ends up being his dream power. He he's able to basically have like a uh, um ah uh, crap. What is the, I forget the screamer's name in uh in Marvel the superhero who can ban like Banshee. It's like a Banshee gotcha, scream. Yeah, yeah. So that breaks all the mirrors and uh all three of them crash through them. And once again, that's another great scene. Yeah, I like I like the one that follows even better. Okay, go ahead. You got this. I love. I love like they're all having their triumphant little hug moment and the happy 80s music starts to swell. They walk into yep. the next scene and you just, you know, this isn't the end. I mean, like you feel it. The movie sets it up really well. Oh, yeah. Like and then like there's there's like the dad materializes in this golden beam of light <laughs> like he's getting dropped down from like an alien ship. 
Yep. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to, you know, talk to my daughter one last time as I cross over. So him and Nancy have like an embrace. And obviously it's Freddy. Yep. I mean, come on. Oh, I know, but I was so sad. Just, I think, dude, but I will say, maybe it's because I saw it when I was a kid. I really thought that that was him. And that Freddy was going to come from some other direction or something. And he was going to be able to stop him. Oh, like a sacrifice play or something. Yeah, well, not even that. If he's going to heaven, he probably has some type of power. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking this is like God interjecting. Because that's the other thing too, man. We see this in horror movies all the time. Why the fuck doesn't anybody have any good powers? Why isn't anybody looking out? For the good, innocent people. You're always got these people that are fighting these like horrible monsters with supernatural powers and stuff. Now you're in a dream world where a guy shows up that looks heavenly like he's about to ascend. Maybe this is also God who gave him some type of power in this realm where he can save them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, yeah. I just took it when I was a kid. I thought of it as a different thing. Like, oh, well, Freddy's now going to attack. But the father is going to be able to stop him. And like now you've got the holy concentrate, you know, like he holds him while Neil goes ahead and buries him and puts the holy water. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, you are you are absolutely correct, though. So go on. Yeah. And then they they get into the fist fight where it's Freddy uh, right after he stabs Nancy. All the kids like jump on him and they're fighting him and, you know, they're they're really wrestling for it <laughs> at the same time we see that Neil has pushed the bones into the gr- shallow grave and is starting to get the holy water out. As, you know, Nancy's, like, pushing Freddy's blades into yeah, himself, you know? like, yeah. And he looks like he's in pain, and that's, like, you know, that, that was a great scene. And, yeah. like, it looks like, you know, the kids are doing a good job. And the holy water starts hitting the skeleton in the real world, and you see these piercing beams of light yes. come out of Freddy as he, you know, starts to wither and die. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and at this moment, so it was... Nancy fighting him, obviously, she's, you know, she's mortally wounded, but she still sacrifices herself to put that fucking claw right into Freddy's fucking gut, holding on to him. Kristen's there. The other two are locked out of the room right now. So then Mm -hmm. as soon as those beams of light, because, you know, Neil, Neil did what he was supposed to do, pushes those bones, just like you said, he throws a cross on him. That's the end of Freddy. Freddy disappears. Now you've got the real win. Kincaid knocks the door down and, you know, him and Joey are there to see that Kristen is holding Nancy as she's dying or dead, maybe by that second, crying and saying that she's going to dream her into an amazing, wonderful dream forever. And I I legitimately still get a little sad at that moment. I, I thought that was so well done because... You really, truly cared for Nancy. Mm-hmm. Like she did such a good job. You know, that's a final girl. Yeah. Like I'll always have Nancy up there on my list of the best final girls in horror movies because she's also this is the second movie she's in. She's also in a new a new nightmare. So, it, you know, she does a trilogy. So I, I think that gets her into the list anyways. But she's also one of those ones that you truly root for. And you want her to do well. So for her to sacrifice, it almost comes full circle that she wasn't able to save her friends in the first movie, but she's able to save these remaining kids. And it brings her arc to a really good close. Even though you wish she could survive, you know, not everyone can be fucking Nev Campbell. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that a lot. And that moment is still relatively sad for me when I see it. So from that moment, then you go to you cut to Nancy's funeral. Now, I still don't know how they explain any of these deaths. I don't know. I don't know how they explain any of this shit whatsoever, but they are at the funeral and all the kids are there, uh, the leftover kids anyways, which is Kristen. Yeah. It's Kristen, Kincaid and Joey. And then Neil is there obviously as well. Uh, very sad. He didn't get to hit that. Or maybe he did. I don't know. He might have that one. You never night. Know. Yeah, there's a possibility. <laughs> but then he gets this feeling and he looks over and he sees Sister Mary Helen. And she's walking, you know, back behind them, behind this grave. So he goes to kind of chase after her. And when he looks, he looks down and he sees that the gravestone says, Amanda Kruger, Sister Mary Helen. Ooh, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That was the mother of Freddy Krueger. Bam. Which brings that whole story full circle. Works so fucking well. I, I man, I love this fucking movie. You end the movie then with a cut to, uh, and I don't know how. I mean, I know you know he thinks that they defeated Freddy. I don't know how he's sleeping so soundly, uh, but he has the doll that Nancy and we didn't talk about this, but there was a doll at Nancy's place that was supposed to give good dreams, and then for some reason he kept the creepy paper mache house. <laughs> of the creepy place where so many people died um, and it's by its bed and you see a light go on inside that paper mache house and bam you get I believe some rock some 80s rock music and that is the oh. end of Dream Warriors classic dun 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 so what are your what are your thoughts because we'll I'm going to talk about yeah dream master a little bit after this but what were your thoughts on the movie as a whole oh i mean honestly one of my all-time favorite like light horror movies Fuck yeah. the real challenge is like if you watch the first one it's not as campy like it's a little bit more serious but yes. it, it plays a little bit at the the humor that uh everybody has and it'd be all right yeah like freddie freddie has that sick sense of humor and that comes through just a little bit in the first one right. and the third one the humor is obviously ramped all the way up. <laughs> and I just, those mildly campy scenes, like when Will is, you know, face down by the killer wheelchair. Yes, yes. Like, didn't like that. I didn't like him being the wizard master. I get it. I love that immediately Freddy just murders him. He's like, I don't believe in that magic right. crap or that <laughs> fantasy crap. Right. <laughs> yeah, liked that. I keep mentioning I didn't like the, the gymnastics. Sure. I get it. Right. It fits the period of movie it was in. <laughs> I, I I think if they really just took those two parts out, I re I really would have enjoyed it more. It just took me out of the movie. That was the only time where it broke the atmosphere for it. Okay. Like immediately, like I was no longer seeing it as like this this gritty nightmare world. I was I was then seeing it as like, oh, this is an eighties action movie. Gotcha. Okay. Like it took me out of the moment, which. It was the only time I had ever broke the mood for me where I was like thoroughly engrossed in the film. Right. Because like we say, like the practical effects are like, it's so phenomenal in this. Yeah. And it just, the sets are perfect. The cinematography is amazing. So yeah. those little things really just like immediately, I noticed how far they brought me out of the moment. Interesting. So yeah, I, 
definitely didn't have the same effect on me because I thought they used it very sparingly. Like if she was jumping around in every single, you know, dream sequence and stuff like that, I'd be like, yeah, fuck this. That that doesn't work. Yeah. But they basically showed everyone use their power like a couple times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then also if they had been, let's say they took that scene with all the mirrors and all of a sudden she was trying to jump and bounce around there. Then I would have been like, fuck mm-hmm. this. That doesn't that doesn't make yeah. any sense. But even then they had the foresight not to do something, the good sense not to do that. So mm-hmm. that kind of stuff didn't take me out of the movie. I think I just I love this one so much because of the concept itself. So besides, yeah. you know, recharging the series, because that's the other thing, too. If they had made another bad one. Oh, yeah. This there wouldn't be any more Freddy. Uh, like mm-hmm. absolutely not it would have and the legacy would have been tarnished you would have only had the first one and that would have been it mm-hmm. that's a that's a big plus and i think also i think this has like a 74 on rotten tomatoes which is still a really really good score for a horror movie sequel especially in like yeah. the fucking 80s so i i appreciate <laughs> that but i just really really enjoy the concept i i really truly love any horror movie where people fight back i can't stand the trope of everyone running away i'm a big fan and i've said this on the show for many movies about fighting back and all that kind of stuff i'm always that person that loves that cliche statement i would rather die on my feet than serve on my knees like i just i like that idea of calling the murderer calling the supernatural uh (laughs) A burnt face pussy <laughs> like i just yeah anything where you can like it's the same thing with fucking michael myers or jason or whatever like why hasn't anybody with jason why hasn't anyone tried to bully him <laughs> like, ser- like seriously he, he yeah, definitely worked the first time well no but th- yes that did work the first time that's that is true yeah when he was an innocent kid yes, that, that worked perfectly plan went <laughs> As, <laughs> I want his plan when his plan. I couldn't even improv there. Uh, it was just that was that was great. But see, like, why why hasn't anyone tried anything? Like, throw a fucking punch, try and take yeah. the fucking kneecap out, do something because you're gonna die anyways. <laughs> and I know people want to say, oh, well, you're gonna run away because you're gonna hope. That something happens where, you know, he the person loses interest or you actually make it farther than them or blah, blah, blah. But it rarely, rarely ever works out. At least no. instead of cowering in a corner, take a fucking swipe. Do something. Yeah. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So Take a shot. Yeah, why not? So that's why this was – I think this might have been the first horror movie that I really saw people in a supernatural type situation be able to use some type of power and have some confidence in themselves that that might work. So that has a long lasting impression on me on on that kind of note. You see what I mean? Yeah, I think, I mean, similar to those lines. I don't know what made me think of it. My only like story gripe that I just wish was in there, not like a major point against it. Was that like, you know, it's all about like he's fueled by the fear and he's in your dreams and your nightmares. Mm-hmm. And, like since these kids had their like perfectly like this is you know like my most powerful self this is how i see myself in my dreams they kind of do it with tyron where like the the addiction is what kills her yeah like it would have been cool if they just dragged that out just a little bit right right 
just, you know, like making making it more about the fears the kids have, even in their most powerful state that like finally does them in because of their insecurities or even the kids overcoming their own fears. You know, so, there's there's a lot they could have done with that. Not a point against the movie, just something I wish was flushed out a little bit more. Right. But, you know, with the length of it, I, I think it got the job done yeah. very well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So let's talk about just briefly. I only want to briefly hit on it because I don't want to go too far. And we're definitely not going to be doing an episode on this. But uh, for the Dream Master, the thing that I liked about it and hated about it at the same time was that it picks up, I think, a year after these events. And it does have Kristen, Joey, and Kincaid. Now... Kristen is played by a different actress. So Patrice, uh, Patricia Arquette was like, fuck this. I, I'm, I'm not letting myself become this kind of actress. So she wasn't in the movie. So they recast her. But it's still Kristen. It's the same person who played Kincaid. It's the same person who played Joey. What pisses me off and spoilers for, for this movie. I mean, it's from fucking, uh, I think it's 1988. So I mean, whatever. But what ends up happening is, Kristen ends up basically waking up Freddy again because she starts pulling people into her dreams because she's like too afraid that Freddy's going to come back and inadvertently wakes Freddy up. And then Freddy fucking kills Kincaid and Joey like that. (laughs) They made it through that movie. They should be left alone. But they didn't even have like Kincaid had like a little bit of a fight with Freddy, but then was killed. And then Joey had almost the exact, it was another bed thing. He sees a naked, or I think it's naked, woman floating in his 80s waterbed. <laughs> and instead of being like, oh shit, this is something bad, he like gets all like hopped up like he's going to have sex with her. And then obviously it's Freddy and he comes out and he fucking kills him. And, and it's like, guys, you you didn't learn your lessons? How how does this like none none of this works? None of this works because you learn things in the first movie. You shouldn't just unlearn them in the in the second part. And then Kristen ends up being killed as well, pretty quickly. She ends up giving her dream power to this girl called Alice, and then Alice takes over for the rest of the movie. So you lose your three main characters from the last movie within like thirty minutes, maybe twenty minutes. And that I don't like. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan of storylines ending like that. If you want to do another whole full movie or something where one of them dies and then the other, you know, something like that, totally cool. But this one just, I don't know why they even had them as part of the movie if you're just going to kill them off. Yeah. That was a little disappointing. But they did have, that one was also very 80s. And I think it was either, I think it was Alice's boyfriend. I think Alice's boyfriend was like a karate master. And at one point, he fights Freddy. And it's one of those things that I love where I'm just like, fuck yeah, like beat the fucking shit out of Freddy. But once again, it just never works out as well as you want it to work out. And he ends up dying. Damn. Yeah, it's sad. So anyways, that is our our Nightmare on Elm Street talk. Now, I will say, I think if we're going to do anything, I don't think we touch the first one because I think the first one is, is too classic. Yeah, I think we do a new nightmare sometime. All right, because that one bears some some talking about. I think that one we'd have a lot of fun talking about the meta 
ness of that and how mm-hmm. you know it relates to scream and you know they bring back nancy and all that kind of stuff so i think i think that would be interesting now i i'm so glad that we're doing a movie that we both enjoyed that was certainly <laughs> yeah. that was certainly a lot of fun i love horror movies so much so i would do so many of these because i i love them so much but i think did we talk i think we're gonna maybe do the new dune at some point yeah i think that'd be a is it worth it well i'm not sure yet but it's on hbo max it so is on it's, HBO max. i'll i'll watch it probably you know the day or so i don't know maybe that weekend it comes out but it's also october so yes, yes. horror movie would be kind of fitting well look if you want to try i don't mind i have not watched a lot of the Hellraisers because what's weird is when you think about and I don't know if you've noticed this I'm sure people out there if you're big horror movie fans you probably noticed it it's very hard to find the Hellraisers they don't they don't play those like you can yeah. you can turn on sci-fi and they'll have a you know a Friday the 13th uh, marathon the the Freddies mm-hmm. are easy to find they're all the, I think I think almost all of them if not all of them are on HBO Max plus the Halloweens are easy to find there are so many movies that are easy to find. Hellraiser is the only one that I know that you can see streaming is Hellraiser 2, and that's on Hulu. Yeah. But the rest of them, I don't know where you would actually find them. Yeah, it's. I think like every now and then the Hellraiser 1's on Amazon Prime, but... I'll have to look. Yeah, it's tough, like... Yeah, like every Halloween, especially like that's the period of time I want to watch them. And the only one I can ever find is Hellraiser 2 Hellbound. Yeah. I, it must be something to do with the production, like of who owns the rights to it or something. I would I would imagine yeah. it has something to do with that. But by the way, man, those are sick fucking movies. Those are like I forgot a lot of the Hellraiser stuff. And then I started to watch stuff again and like go into the lore of everything again. That Those were like the first gore porn movies. Oh, yeah. And it's funny that no one talks about them. They talk about Saw. They talk about that stuff. But Hellraisers were on a much different level of the, like, disgustingness of what they did. Oh, yeah. And, like, they're pulling skin apart. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely gruesome. Yeah. And it was all about, like, maybe I don't get it because, and we'll, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, more in detail if we, if we do Hellraiser. But I, I'm not into the BDSM stuff. And gotcha. that that always seemed to be a big part of it was, like, people who love torturing themselves and going through pain and finding pleasure in the pain that they were always looking for like a hell dimension where they could get off because they were being tortured and that was like that does not appeal to me whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) like throw me into a fucking like i said throw me into a dimension with with freddie throw me into a dimension with jason michael myers whatever like I, fine i'll take any of that stuff but throw me into a dimension where if i solve a fucking cube somehow i'm asking to be sent into a torture dimension of hell like that just that doesn't appeal to me <laughs> i have nothing yeah, there's nothing you. i can do in, in that situation. <laughs> yeah i suck at puzzles yeah, <laughs> i'm not getting listen, out <laughs> like i i if i've ever said anything i i learned my lesson from hellraiser is just don't fucking solve puzzles because <laughs> yeah, that's the lesson of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I see a jigsaw puzzle on the table. Yeah. Can't no, can't trust that Rubik's Cube. Yeah. That's the devil's weapon. Yeah, remember 
Remember going to friendlies and they'd have like the little like jump the pins on the on the triangle thing? I'd be like, nope, yeah. nope. Yeah, the buddy who did that once. Yeah, they just started pulling his skin apart right there. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta look out for yeah. that. Hooks come out of it and drag him in. And yeah. the, the waitress of friendlies is like, well, obviously he wanted to go to the hell dimension. They're like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Like when you go into a friendlies, you know that's what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I wasn't even talking about the food there. That's that's the crazy <laughs> part. Oh, geez. All right. But, um, Enough of my but um. All right, Nick. Well, I think we went almost as long as the movie, which is always a perfect amount of time. So yep. I think this works. So thank you very much, man. I, I got to ask this, obviously, at the end of the show. Do you have any final words for everybody? No, uh, really. Uh, just glad we're uh, watching good movies finally, Ian. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate that. A good movie that's not four hours long, too. Right. Oh, beautiful. Now, uh, a, a line that has never been said in the history of the world is finally we did the great movie a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors (laughs) (laughs) real citizen kane shit yeah but by the way you do you have now done i think i want to say like five to six episodes of ian hates movies you do have to think of some type of final words there has to be it doesn't have to be now but think in your head think of your head as a catchphrase so when we say goodbye, you'll have something to say. Well, that's tough. Like I already got a like a bunch of catchphrases in life. The uh, the family one, I guess, that I could trail off with is uh, "You gotta die of something." Go out there and live, kiddos. There you go. See, that works. That works fine. Yeah. All right, I like it. All right, and then I will do my catchphrase, and I will leave you the way I always do: long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>